Perfect. Here we go. Woo! Living in a scientific age, we need citizens who know enough about science to make intelligent decisions about what they do. We've used science to, to prolong life, to increase security and happiness. But it can also be used for destruction. Are we going to use it constructively? It'll be up to you, and you too. Todd, do you know how to get down from an elephant? I don't. <laughs> uh, you don't. You get you get down from ducks, actually. Um, what? <laughs> or geese. Uh, yeah. oh, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, this is upside down. I was it's frantically broke. looking for... What's Anything that made, there? I apparently I'm not in a, in a pun getting mood. So that the, one took me a that, long time. The whistle made no noise over here. We, it, it. Muted, oh really? It <laughs> muted. That's so all I saw was. <laughs> Let me try to get. It is recording on my end. Maybe it's just too over. That's so weird. No, it wouldn't. Weird. Look at look at the board. Is is. There's nothing. There's nothing there. Zero. So it's recording on my end. Yeah. And through. No, I hear my... your voice. It's like Did you hear my voice. I hear your voice. Do you know I how you hear get... your voice? Do you know how you get down from a duck? <laughs> Just step off. How? They're really. They're really close yeah, to the ground. I... <laughs> Did they start somewhere that we're going down from, or is this where we're? Let me look at my sound preferences again. I I think it is a technical thing that is removing noise from the background. Right. And it heard a tone and cuz I heard it for just a microsecond at the beginning of the whistle. Right, and right, then right. It, and then it Now, when I'm talking, when I'm talking is the board is the board reacting yeah. and it's recording my voice then. Okay, yep. interesting. Yeah, probably it's just audio ducking issues then. Totally. Well, thankfully then those people at home can hear the mellifluous <laughs> sounds of my wouldn't that be funny if this whole time i wasn't making any noise just <laughs> just to mess with you oh that's funny it cut out it cut out all of your laughing too what is going they, on zoom is getting very aggressive with like huh. their audio ducking which is interesting uh -huh. that's probably the number one complaint of everyone is like it just picks up too much whatever sure. but Funny, huh? Good times. It, it recognizes it recognizes voices versus noises, which is interesting. Huh. Anyway, well, hopefully, hopefully that was as engaging of a discussion for everyone as it was for us. So, how you been? I've been doing okay, and I guess I I was thinking this week that I don't think I've actually said this on the show, but at the end of uh, September, uh, September twenty eighth will be my first day back at school. Wow. For 20, 25 years or something like that. Yeah, I graduated from WSU 25 years ago. So for the first time in a quarter century, I will be returning back to school. I'm going to go uh, be going back to PSU to get a master's in social work. So I'm hoping that that doesn't uh, infringe too much on our Mark and Todd cast, but listeners may also be getting a just a read through of what I'm <laughs> learning at college every day, <laughs> every week on the podcast. So I'm excited and nervous and, and there's going to be lots of changes and stuff like that coming up, but uh, we will see what that's, this next 10 years takes. That's really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so I <clears throat> found an option for show in meeting option to enable original sound, so that oh, it, okay. So I'm gonna click on this and and we'll see what okay. happens. And okay, then, I've got my slide whistle ready. Echo cancellation. Okay, enable these options when original sound is on. High fidelity music mode, stereo audio. Okay, now during the call. Okay, so that still didn't happen. But if I go to audio settings, 
Stand by. <laughs> Stand by Stand. for news. It's the Paul Harvey thing. Oh, it doesn't. I don't know where where that is. So. Well, we'll just okay. hope and trust oh. in all of this technology. Oh, original sound is up. Now try. Oh. <laughs> Significantly better. Okay, interesting. I yeah, your voice something. sounds different too. Okay. We'll, we'll leave now the original can... audience. Audio on. Yes. Cool. Oh, I can tell there there is a difference when we when we overlap a little bit, but hopefully this will all be made moot by our nice soundboard. But um, well, let's dive into some news, shall we? Indeed. Did you send me a link? I did. I emailed okay. you. Uh, okay. I'll take I'll take the bulk of them, but uh, there are some that you can read. Uh, but scientists find COVID nineteen antibodies that can make boosters unnecessary. Booster. Oh, I don't have a thing over here. I barely knew her. Oh, thank you. Uh, in a major breakthrough, researchers have isolated two antibodies that neutralize all known strains of COVID-19, including Omicron, with up to 95% efficiency and will strengthen the immune system of people at risk. Targeted treatment with antibodies and their delivery to the body in high concentrations may serve as an effective substitute for vaccines, especially for at-risk populations and those with weakened immune systems. By using antibody treatment, there is a possible that a possibility that the need to provide repeated booster shots every time a new variant emerges will be eliminated. So that's pretty exciting because it is weird and weird to me because I'm dumb and don't know anything. But like why you can get one vaccine that just lasts you the rest of your life. And then, yes, variants and all that. But it's just it's it's very strange. Um so that is good news. This news, this next story, I had not pre-read because I wanted to leave it as a surprise. I got it as a text message late Friday night from Colin's younger brother of all people because <laughs> I dragged him and his older brother to that outlook over yeah. Willamette Falls that I discovered. And so he sent me a new sco- uh, story that a tribe descri- – uh, easy. Tribe decides the new name of Willamette Falls site. So I don't know what it is yet. So we're all going to find out in real time. The Grand – uh, the Confederate Tribes of the Grand Rod said on Wednesday that it selected a name for its 23-acre site near Willamette Falls. They bought the former Blue Heron paper mill and land and its land in 2019. Now the site will be known as Oh Tumwater Village. We have Tumwater something around here, don't we already? Tumwater. The, I, I think there's a t- the town of Tumwater, maybe. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. But this is not Tumwater. It is Tumwata, W-A-T-A. So I guess Tumwater. I I guess they're 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 going. I don't know how to finish that joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, it will be Tumwata Village. The name includes the uh, the native name for the falls, which is Tumwata. It reflects the tribe's longstanding connection to the area, and it launched a new website where community members can learn more about the vision for the site. So uh, do check that out. But it seems like at least part of that is moving forward, even though there's lots of gridlock uh, in the <laughs> other area. So that is the Blue Heron part, which really, I mean, if you haven't been up to that overlook in, in Oregon City, uh, before those buildings on on the south side of the river where that overlook is, before those get all taken down, it, just try to check that out because they are just the neatest derelict warehouses and spooky buildings, and it's just such a such a cool area. Uh, so do check that out. Yeah, um, I think we should uh, have you reenact scenes from The Hunted while. <laughs> While the rest of us go well, up to the overlook and watch <laughs> as Tommy Lee I'll Jones just, chases scrambling. Uh, I'll just scramble around rocks a Benicio lot. That's all I remember from that. <laughs> um, well, religious employers need not cover prep. Uh, that's a medicine in their health plan. A federal judge in Fort Worth agreed with a group of Christian conservatives that the Affordable Care Act requirements to cover HIV prevention drugs, which is what that prep is, violates their religious freedom of keeping people from dying, I guess. U.S. District Judge Reed O'Connor 
His ruling could affect more than 150 million working Americans who are on employer-sponsored health plans. The lawsuit is the latest in a decade of legal challengers to the ACA, many of which has run through O'Connor's courtroom. In 2018, O'Connor ruled that the entirety of the ACA was unconstitutional. That sounds like one of those people that are just like, taxes are theft. It is unconstitutional. I'm not going to pay them or whatever. And then they get hauled off to jail for the rest of their lives. In the suit, a group of self-described Christian business owners and employees in in what state? Yes, Texas, argue that preventative care mandates, uh, preventative care mandates violate their constitutional right to religious freedom by requiring companies and policyholders to pay for coverage that conflicts with their faith and personal values. So never would I like to question someone more what part of their faith or personal values keeps medicine away that might keep people alive. So it, it like this is so egregious and deplorable. Like it's it's literally taking life saving drugs away from humans. Yes, and and flying, but for God, but for God, and yes, because God loves us. But yeah. just, but only. <laughs> never mind. Let's yep. move on, shall we? <laughs> Well, thousands of XL, which is a energy company, I believe, in or a thermostat company um, in Colorado, locked out of their thermostats during oh. the energy emergency. 22,000 customers who had signed up for the Colorado AC Rewards Program were locked out of their smart thermostats for hours during a heat wave last Tuesday. Quote, it's a voluntary program, XL said. Let's remember that this is something that customers chose to be a part of based on the incentives. <laughs> Customers received a hundred dollar credit for recording, uh, enrolling in the program, and twenty five dollars annually, but can also agree to give up some control to save energy and money that make the system more reliable. This is the first time in the program's six year span that customers could not override their smart thermostats. But Telerico, some person involved in this story somehow that got edited out of this story, <laughs> Telerico said he had no idea. Oh, he must be an, uh, a livid customer that he could be locked out of the thermostat while he has solar panels and a smart thermostat to save energy. He says he did not sign up to have this much control taken away. To me, an emergency means there is, you know, life limb or, you know, some other danger out there. Some, you know, massive wire fires, wildfires, Tullerico said. Even maybe if it's a once in a blue moon situation, it doesn't sit right not to be able to control our own thermostats in our own house. So... That is, I guess, read the fine print of, of what you sign up with your smart devices. I'm um, going to check the fine print on my contract. Yes. The next heat wave, you will no longer be able to tell Alexa to turn your moon on or exactly. whatever you were doing earlier. Uh, why don't you take this next one? Notable figures in Northwest Comics scene draw up plans for Museum of Cartoon Arts in Portland, Oregon. So the Northwest Museum of Cartoon Arts Northwest Mocha is Nwawaka. a Mwaka is a nonprofit that plans to build a creative space to support the Pacific Northwest's cartoon art scene, both through bringing up a new generation of artists and by displaying the illustrated history of comics in the region. T. T. Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> T is the beginning of the sentence a, I must have cut out. There was a capital T uh, that <laughs> led the next sentence that was edited. Uh, their mission is to create a vibrant living space that is accessible to all and celebrates the diversity, history, influence, and joy of all aspects of cartoon art. And Portland has some some pretty solid bones in its... Uh, cartoon arts history yeah and what i think what i cut out was a list of uh board members and i didn't recognize any of their names and i didn't see david walker so i immediately <laughs> dismissed it as fake news or whatever but i did see uh emerald city comic-con right now is happening in portland and so i've been seeing tons and tons of pictures did you see so um there's a ton of celebrities that are at this um it's not no it's rose city comic-con not emerald city right. rose city comic-con um and so I saw pictures of Elijah Wood and Sean Astin are there. Um, LeVar Burton is there. Like, there's some really big names there. It's always – I wish they were more Unipiper friendly. That's the one convention that comes to town that's like, why would we give him a booth to do something that people can see him do for free? And I'm like, come on. I want in. I'm not going to exactly. buy a ticket. I want it for free. 
Um, but now when you meet the guests, I saw some pictures and there's like a plexiglass in between where you stand and the celebrity stands, which is really, I totally understand. And I would probably right. demand that as well, but it's really funny because it just looks like everyone's in a cage and like not able to touch each other or <laughs> do anything. To, to me, it almost looked like before and after photos because you had people on the left that looked different from people on the right. And so there, there were a couple of like, I wonder if they're like, was this taken at the same? Like, I literally didn't understand the photo. Oh, a weight loss ad. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Average weight loss is 12 pounds for 12 weeks. But it was, it was like two people that were younger and on the left and then two people that were older <laughs> on the right kind of in the same position. I'm like, oh, they're doing that. Well, let's remake the photo photo. <laughs> but that looks like Elijah Wood on that side. <laughs> but that's LeVar Burton. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, that's it's I, those pictures really cracked me up. Well, these boats I didn't or these derelict vessels. Did you know about these? I, Fun Employment Radio talked about them a couple of weeks ago because they went on a little boat tour or whatever. And there's apparently just two sunk ships like half emerged in the Columbia River under I-5 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're so in, they're, they're there. They've been there a long time. And I yeah, I, it, it's in a spot that you must not be able to see them from any road or freeway. Um, but they've been there. Uh, for a while, but now they're going to remove the rest of those two abandoned ships after it became apparent they're a danger to the environment and to, I would imagine, everything else that's trying to go up and down the river to have two sunk ships there. The Coast Guard, that two years after it oversaw the removal of diesel and other oil um, from the alert, the 125-foot cutter Alert and 100 former Navy tugboat Sakarisa, which are the names of the two derelict vessels that sunk off of Hayden Island. Both vessels were considered to be historic before sinking in October. Oh, they haven't been there that long. In October 2021, at her mooring off of Hayden Island, the U.S. Coast Guard alert was commissioned in 1927. Yeah, the boats have been there forever, and they just recently sank. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, the other one is yeah. from 1943 and was a towboat for the Navy. I so feel they like are kind of cool. I feel like one of them had a radio show broadcast from it in the oh. 2000s or something like that. There was Oh, that's some, cool. I'll I'll see if I can find something about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh in the meantime, um let's see. Let's kind of skip through some of these. In-N-Out Burger denied application for its Beaverton West uh restaurant. Mm. The restaurant would have been on the north side of the Beaverton Hills there highway next to ch- next to a Chick-fil-A. Can you imagine what that Oof. traffic would be like? No wonder what they said no. The hearing <laughs> off uh said In-N-Out failed to demonstrate that they could handle excess drive-through car storage, essentially saying that the space couldn't handle the traffic. Yeah. I haven't been past the one um down i5 for a while but i've never been past a chick-fil-a that didn't have like 900 cars waiting for it yeah the the kaiser um kaiser kaiser uh in and out i barely knew her the kaiser in and out had uh is constant always has a line yeah 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 so i still i still haven't either i was going to stop on the way to colorado but i don't think i passed any uh in and outs i did have I on Nate. This is this is a specific conversation for Nate Heath and Nate Heath only. But I bought some. They sell Chick Fil A sauce now, like in the just yep. by the condiments and in <clears throat> stores. And so I was like, well, everybody's been raving and raving about this. I'll get this, and it's just barbecue sauce and Thousand Island dressing mixed together. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, there's there's um pretty legitimate recipes for it online if you want to do it yourself, like. It's super easy. I mean, it's it's fine, but like it's sure. no McDonald's special sauce. <laughs> um, well, this was a longer thing, and I didn't want to read it all, but I didn't want to um, ignore it. And the the headline is "One Man Dies, an Entire Uncacked, Uncontacted Tribe Vanishes in Brazil." So the story was um, there are still several, maybe dozen uh, uncontacted tribes, especially in the Amazon rainforest, where they are pockets of people that have had no contact with the outside world. They have just developed as they developed, you know, very primitive, all of that. Um, And of course, 
industry wants to come in and just cut down all the trees for for farming. And so there was fights and then there's rules that you are not allowed to contact. Like if you are an outsider, it's like that one island or whatever, like you're not allowed to go there. You, we we are leaving these people alone. We will fly a helicopter over to take pictures as they throw spears at us. But like other than that, um, but there was at, at first all of the, the farmers tried to poison them with like bad sugar and that killed a bunch of them. And then eventually they just came in and like raided the place. But that left one lone survivor of this tribe since I believe like 97 or the 80s was was when this happened. And so there's been this one guy left that uh, was living there alone and he finally passed away. And so there's a special organization that kind of works to and, and to get him. And they, they found him. One of the things they found was... In all of these little dwellings that he had lived in, there were holes, not really holes, but like if you flipped a coffin up on its side, so it's the long rectangle down. Mm -hmm. So it's like a hole to stand in, but that's it. But there was like a bunch of them. So they don't know, like, was it for protection? Did he use it for traps for something? Was it storage? So like they're kind of finding some of these interesting things of this last man that uh, was the the last surviving person from this uncontacted tribe. So there is a couple really good articles about that if you wanted to learn more about that. It's a really fascinating story. But the real story, of course... Oh, and we're, maybe on your end, you can uh, bring, find the original clip of, of this because I'll for sure want to play it at the end of the show. Um, but South Dakota's got a new corn ambassador, and it's that uh-huh. little boy who recently found out that corn is real. So this, I think, happened a week or two ago. The viral video of the little boy who was eating corn at the fair and someone from a YouTube channel, I'm guessing, is kind of interviewing. And the boy has the most adorable way of speaking and he's just going on and on about corn and now corn has butter and just going on and on. It's just the most adorable thing. Well, they've made seven-year-old Tariq the corn ambassador of South Dakota. <laughs> That's um, amazing. He didn't think corn was real and then he found some and put butter on it. And um, so let's see. It was turned into a song, which I haven't heard. Uh, they, but last Saturday was dubbed South, uh, South Dakota's official corn ambassador oh. by Christine, Governor Christy Nome, who declaimed September 3, 2022, official corn ambassador Tariq Day. She said, whereas South Dakota is one of the top corn producers in the nation, providing nourishment across the globe, but especially to Tariq, a seven-year-old boy who recently discovered that corn was real. It is fitting and proper as governor to make him a special note of an outstanding young man. Tariq says everyone doesn't like to have corn, but everyone should definitely try it, especially with butter. It's a dream come true, (laughs) he said, when he saw an entire palace made from corn so mark have you heard this yet or not i i have missed this in my oh my okay tiktok in and so i i this is the first i'm hearing about it okay well yeah so did you did you find the little clip of him being interviewed on the on the binge oh you so it's not this it's not the song okay i'll play the song at the end let me see if i can quick here let's see open my window Doopy-doo. Oh, yeah, there you go. Nice. I love Kyle. <laughs> and it goes, I mean, it goes on for a good solid minute, and it is Yeah, it's all... a minute and a half long. Yeah, it's all gold. So, yeah, if you have not heard that, check it out. Well, I haven't heard the song, so we'll play the song maybe at the end of the show. Um, But yes, Tariq, now the corn ambassador of South Dakota. So that is so much fun. Yes. That's all. Cool. Well, um, let's see if I can set a little little mood for the the. the topic that we're going to talk about here. Oh, okay. A mood is being set. So, uh, how's how's extinction going in our planet currently? Uh, man-made extinction 
Uh, oh, interesting. I was just talking to the boys about, you know, what would happen if humans would disappear or whatever. There are really? species that do rely on us to stay alive, like those pandas we are always trying to get to mate in the zoos. But, like, I did wonder, before you're getting into this, not to distract everything, but, like, let's say humans all disappear tomorrow whatever. And I know there's a great documentary about this, but I wondered if if everything kind of how it's balanced out now in nature would it grow in balance or do you think like one predator would emerge immediately and kind of knock off all that balance that's that's a really that's a really good question um and that comes into part of the topic here okay um and more about if a specific species becomes extinct right uh what music the is result, so good. like what the results of that become so um during the reign of man uh <laughs> we we have killed uh, actually sorry 25 percent of mam- mammals more than 40 percent of amphibian spe- species and nearly 33 percent of sharks and 25% of plant groups are threatened with extinction. <laughs> many, many within the, the next uh, couple decades. And Will you be next? <laughs> so since the 16th century, humans have driven at least 680 vertebrate species to extinction. So wow. so that this... These are considered ones that not just happen to die while humans were around, but we have we have buffalo style. Totally. Yeah. It, yeah. Wow. Uh, passenger penguin. Yeah, pe- penguin. Passenger pigeon styled. Uh, gotten rid of them. You know, dodo bird. Uh, you know, those kind of things. And so six honest politicians. Am I right? <laughs> Woo! Totally. And so the the ethical and interesting conversation that's happening uh, over the last couple decades and will definitely be heightening in our uh, our consciousness is the process of de-extinction or uh, also known as resurrection biology or species revivalism. Wow. So it's the process of generating an organism that either resembles or is an extinct species. And so uh, there are, you know, yeah. I'm hearing thunder, but is it cloudy today or just smoky? It was weird. It was like a really deep rumble of thunder. I thought something was going on on your end. Sorry. Nope. Resume no. broadcast. Resume broadcast. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, when a species goes extinct, what we're proposing is making them unextinct, like bringing back the woolly mammoth or, uh, you know, the, the Tasmanian tiger or the passenger pigeon. And scientists have varying levels of, um, resonance around what that means and and have different definitions of what de-extinction means and the processes to do that so cloning would be ideal like that's the jurassic park kind of uh we are taking this dna from the inside of amber and we are going to you know put that into an egg and grow a new thing Right. And uh, you're implying that a group composed. In, you're implying that a group composed entirely of female animals will breed. No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. So <laughs> um, we we have limited abilities to do that. And the there's a lot of problems with cloning and we don't have a lot of solutions for them. The, the biggest one being 
DNA just doesn't store well. And so uh, current technologies, if you, we took your DNA sample and tried to store DNA physically without encoding it and doing all the, uh, you know, digitizing the, the, the details, but if we just wanted to store that material, current technology to do that last uh, we've got a limit of about 16 years that we can store DNA uh, in a really good, solid. Interesting. Can't you just uh, like, yeah. like a hair? Seems like that would last forever. You you would think so, but the DNA itself inside the nucleus of those cells breaks down and starts cross-contaminating each other and gets kind of jumbled after about 16 years. And so oh, I've never heard that. Yeah, I, I I learned that during. I just figured the, it was like yeah, process. forever. But the uh, we do have samples of like more than four hundred thousand years of, and there was a, reports of having DNA from four hundred thousand years ago. Like, uh, you know, woolly mammoths uh, died out about four thousand years ago, right about the time that the pyramids oh. were being built, and so. Um, the ability to clone a wool, woolly mammoth is probably not specifically possible. And so what they want to do is, what they're trying to do is gene editing. And so they're, they'll take woolly mammoth DNA and the closest relative, which is the Asian elephant, and they will uh, produce kind of a hybrid that's pretty close to a woolly mammoth and then do selective breeding after that to kind of breed out the elephant traits over several generations and get something that's really, really close to and to our layman's eyes would not be different from a woolly mammoth. And so we right. So I I get and like it the the cliche thing that I'm going to ask, I guess. But why? But like, I why? get, like, yeah. I important things that, you know, we can't have disappear in our lifetime or whatever. But, like, 4,000 years ago is a long time ago. We didn't yeah. really mix with any of that. I mean, this, this this just is Jurassic Park. <laughs> like, there's no way for me to not just quote Jurassic Park back it's at totally, this. <laughs> absolutely. And so um, the the negatives, we can talk about the negatives, but there's a guy named George Church who is one of the uh, – one of the scientists around the Woolly Mammoth Project, and he has hypothesized the positive effects of bringing back the extinct woolly mammoth would have an environmental, uh, such as the potential, oh, have on the environment, such as the potential for reversing some of the damage caused by global warming. He and his fellow researchers predict that mammoths would eat the dead grass, allowing the sun to reach the spring grass, their weight would allow them to break through dense insulating snow in order to let cold air reach the soil and their characteristic of felling trees would increase the absorption of sunlight and so it sounds to me like they're <laughs> grasping at straws this is our hail mary to get us out of our entire uh, environmental crisis is to bring back mammoths i mean don't right. we already have a problem with cow farts and now we're going <laughs> to now we're and dealing with all of the negatives uh, are exactly what you're bringing up. Is like we already have a million species that are on the brink of extinction. Why don't we focus on that? And have they started anything? Like, there's the seed bank, which we've talked about before. Do they have some sort of animal bank that we're keeping? Frozen, the frozen zoo at uh, in San Diego is a thing. Ooh. And so they have more than a thousand species DNA harvested and stored, but that goes back to the 16 year limit and uh, uh, whether or not that's, it's truly tenable. And it's, that's I wild. Know. You think I, they could just deep freeze them, but I, I know. I, and I am not the expert and I'm sure Jenny Garoshi is, <laughs> Screaming at the screen at the <laughs> speaker right now. Sorry, Tony. it's okay. She's not uh, she's not listening unless she's on. So <laughs> perfect. Uh, and so um, 
the other, there was another, we, we were talking about the positives, the negatives. So one of the big negative things is, is like the, the passenger pigeon was the most abundant bird in North America uh, before the 1700s. And there were billions of them. They would, they have records of uh, flocks of them that are a mile wide and 14 miles long that would block out the sun. And so like there were nothing more plentiful than these passenger pigeons. And we loved them. If you, <laughs> we loved to eat them and we farmed like <clears throat> we killed them all to eat them and uh that'll show now, them <laughs> that they are now extinct and so we have specimens in the smithsonian <laughs> that they've taken well that this just in I, I again i don't mean to interrupt you but breaking news <laughs> as it ha- as it happens from number 69019 i get the text message welcome to old spaghetti factory we will text you when your table is nearby ready <laughs> is nearly ready <laughs> You should respond. So this back. just in. Please, I'm can't, at, please just cancel my reservation. We've we've gone to the dough zone, and <laughs> and those poor people. I will never eat here again. <laughs> That's weird. And, and if I come up to the come up to the counter and act confused, no just matter what I what say. I this is all a bit for YouTube. So no matter what I say, how many managers I demand to see, continue to make fun of me. Can we relocate to the, the uh, spaghetti factory, please, <clears throat> for the rest of the broadcast? That's so um, funny. Um, so one, one of the... The core issues like the passenger pigeon, <clears throat> we've eradicated them. Well, we've that hole in the ecosystem has been filled by other birds, other pigeons, other uh, you know, and and the ecosystem is no longer what it was when they were abundant and prolific. And so right. now, if we revive and resurrect the passenger pigeon um what'll happen like (laughs) now we have a new ecosystem that we're introducing this bird into that might it might now be treated as an invasive species that you know its natural predators are different and that you know and so we're really on the precipice of of making very questionable decisions uh, ethically about I wonder it, and, are and there any there's got to be guidelines obviously but are there rules like humans aren't allowed to make a new animal and release it into a wild like <laughs> <laughs> somebody right. that has to be addressed somewhere well except there's no like there's chinese there's no scientists that are doing it, yeah. this right there's chinese scientists that are doing this on their own there's big European communities. There's Americans, like, and so the new nuclear arms race will be <laughs> different iterations of the woolly mammoth that like have been born with rocket launchers on, on them somehow. Totally. So one of the scientists was able. They're they're really close to being able to clone the. Um, it's an ibex uh, from from. Europe and this is part of the process this is the the scientists description of how they are doing this so now we go to Mike McGrew who's a scientist at Roslyn Institute in Scotland and Mike's doing miracles with birds so he'll take say falcon skin cells fibroblasts turn it into induced pluripotent stem cells since it's so pluripotent it can become germplasm he then has a way to put the germplasm into the embryo of a chicken egg so that that chicken will have basically the gonads of a falcon. You get a male and a female, each of those, and out of them comes falcons. Real falcons out of slightly doctored chickens. So, so they're, they're doctoring chickens 
to father falcons. And and so their eggs will produce legitimate real falcons de- develop from the cells of falcons, but in chicken eggs from inseminated by modified <laughs> chickens. And so it, it gets really complex. And the the genomes that they've been able to sequence, um, we've we're using CRISPR. And I took off the barely newer uh, okay, so soundbite. So that I barely knew the, her. Yeah, barely knew her. Uh, we're, we're using CRISPR to try and sequence the DNA to get really close. And so there's cloning, there's gene editing, and then there's selective breeding. And so they think that uh, uh, kind of a mix of those three that will be seen, you know, in, in August of 2022, they've had a renewed, there's a organization called Colossal that's a startup that is the forerunners. They're, they're doing the most in, uh, in Western science to, uh, to de-extinct and uh, de-extinction. And uh, that company is is announcing they're the ones that are getting close to the woolly mammoth using selective breeding and the cross with the Asian elephant. And uh, they have just announced that their next project is the uh, Tasmanian tiger, which is a marsupial that kind of about the size of a dog and it's got the stripes on kind of its hindquarters. There's video, there's a film of one um, in the 1930s. Uh, you know, I feel like I've seen like Tasmanian. a picture of Teddy, Ro- Teddy Roosevelt like standing next to one or whatever. And it's like a yeah, dingo, yeah. zebra, the hyena <laughs> yeah. thing. So it, they were really prominent in Australia um, when uh, English colonialism happened. They blamed those uh those animals on killing their chickens and it turns out they weren't actually doing that so they were like murdering these uh uh these tigers uh by (laughs) scores uh and then they had one in captivity and they literally let it die by neglect it got uh it was uh exposed to hot sun during the day and freezing cold overnight and it died uh, and and so that was the last Tasmanian tiger in 1936. Good job, people. Uh, so, so there so, there is no. I mean, I'm sure they'll create one, but there doesn't seem to be like a profit model for this. Which, like, why spend four billion dollars to bring back a carrier pigeon? Like. Okay, now what? Like, yeah, and I guess like just for the glory of science or whatever, I is it does make it feel better because that means like Nabisco's carrier pigeon or whatever, <laughs> and totally they they you. patent birds somehow, and so like <laughs> don't don't put it by them. But yeah, I mean, I wonder that does seem like a lot of money for for I guess just the love of the game, really. <laughs> Um, the love of Dr. Moreau love, love of the game and waterfowl. Um, yeah. So it, uh, you're, you're exactly wow. right. Other than like extreme zoos or, you know, Jurassic park, literally like that's, that was their business. Right. Model. Yeah, that's so, true. So it is, um, it is happening uh, I think we're going to see things in our lifetime that uh, resemble extinct species, uh, whether they are a genetic, you know, twin is probably not going to happen. But, uh, you know, getting a woolly mammoth-ish, you know, creature uh, is <laughs> woolly mammoth um, is, is going to happen. <laughs> Is going to happen in our lifetime, and so uh, we we have a a lot a, a lot that's going to happen. And again, lifetime. I I wonder if this is a case where we're so excited that we can, we have forgotten to ask if we should. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think Jesus said that. I can't remember. Maybe I'm, <laughs> I'm mixing up my stories, but. <laughs> I, 
I took that sound clip, but he says it so fast. It's uh, like, uh, uh, it's, yeah. it's really not a good sound bite. So I, I didn't have my little, my little sound. <laughs> well, it was, yes, there was no way we could avoid saying it. So um, <laughs> that is scary and fascinating. And I guess like, and I get the ones like, oh yeah, what about, we'll do the ones that we've lost in the last 50 or a hundred years. Cause like our bad. But, you know, they're they were kind of acclimated to the, this world anyway. Well, you know, post 1950, we'll get all the animals back. But the rest of that just seems like very questionable. Very, very... Sounds like a movie I saw once based on a book <laughs> exactly. by Michael Crichton. Exactly. So, wow. So wow. Times. That's super fascinating. So thanks for that. That was cool. What a time to be alive. Indeed. Indeed. Um, well, do you think, um, so I was thinking about this the other day because I was showing one of the kids, uh, predictions on the future. And I said, well, predictions on a future are mostly based on where we are as a society in the present, which like in the 1950s, the future was all about communications and video, like all of that stuff and driving. And so we got all these like future flying cars, like all that stuff. And if you look back, there's a great a great thing from um, like 1903 or whatever, where it's like the future will be. And it's like people have their own personal support Zeppelins that like allow you to float just above the water. And like people were on the water and like, but still wearing crazy Victorian dresses and like parasols, but they all had their own little balloons that were holding them up. And so predicting the future usually fails because we are all doing it from the present mindset of what we're trying to achieve now. So what do you think the next 50 years, like we had transportation, we had technology, telecommunications. What do you think our next, Hmm. like the big explosion in how we do things or technology wise, or it's a, it's a good question. I, I think we, boy, there's so many, um, I, I think artificial intelligence is, you know, it's already upending the artistic world. Like uh, just in the last few weeks with the uh, DALI, the uh, artificial intelligence uh, art generator submitted, they, they submitted art into, you know, the local <laughs> fair uh, made by that and it won and people freaked out and you're like, <laughs> yeah yep yep that's a thing uh <clears throat> and now likenesses and copyrights are going to be really hard to uh you know control and and whatever if you tell it ai yeah, make make a video of meryl streep you know uh doing whatever and and now you've got a video of meryl streep doing like well <laughs> uh Wait, wait, wait. What site is this? And can I do that right now? Or do I have to? Exactly. Is this years away still? Show, yeah. Show, show uh, Madonna give, blowing Todd a kiss. Um, <laughs> thank, and, thank you for the last two words of that sentence. <laughs> blowing you a kiss. Yes, of course. It's all I'd ask for. Um, so I, and because I was wondering too, and I, I, I think from a necessity standpoint, we'll be seeing a lot of, of things about climate crisis and trying to fix our air and like a vacuum pump system that will just like continually filter the earth's air so that we can continue to live here. And, but it's, it's always interesting because it's like still projecting it from like where things are now and what we're excited about. And usually that just takes such a wild left turn that nobody sees coming I mean, we knew that technology and stuff was going to change, but like we didn't see everything happen like on a right. cell phone in our pocket or whatever. We were thinking right. flying cars. And so, yeah, an interesting. <laughs> I, I still think about, back about your uh, message. I don't remember if it was a tweet or, or whatever of like a camera on a phone. <laughs> Who would ever, ever use that? Okay. I don't remember what context you said that in or, or specifically. Yeah, but, it was so I totally boy. remember that though. To be but fair it, though, but yeah, I was I was trapped the in the I was trapped in the thinking of like I was really saying who wants a one inch by one inch right. 
you know, 24, totally. just crappy little postage stamp. But yeah, I right. could not see beyond of what, of, of what the process does bring. But yeah, I was thinking about that the other day, like where, what is the thing in the future going to be? Because we've never been able to really accurately see what's right. coming in the past. So interesting. Well, that's a thing to, for us all to think about, isn't it? Indeed. Indeed. Well, do you still have the corn song? I um I can totally do the corn yeah, song. Yeah, which like, I think it was in the, it was in I think there's a link in that yep. story actually. Um so you do that. Um I will I have something to promote and that is uh let's see on the 20 no, on the 17th Saturday uh this so that's the end of the week if you're listening to this when it first comes out uh this saturday this saturday uh, i will be with brian the unipiper in vancouver at the vancouver mall for coovcon and so both of us are still a little unclear and i think this might be the first first trial or something like i thought it was a great idea to have it in a mall um just because it's all set up anyway um so we're not quite sure what's going to be that we know one guest is guy from season four of stranger things who i think was the russian guy and lady who was the star of the tv series (laughs) teen wolf for six years so those two and the unipiper are locked in so (laughs) tickets i know everyone is scrambling right now for the tickets so uh but yeah come by uh if you're near vancouver say hi to me and the unipiper i'll be selling my notebooks he'll be having his unipiper stuff and piping around so i'm excited to finally get back this will be my first first thing since before before the pandemic so I'll have to put up the ple- the plexiglass, the Lavar Burton's plexiglass, <laughs> in between me and and people when who people want to want- buy my notebooks. <laughs> yes, awesome. the Unipiper pictures will just have the little thing in between. So, well, thank Before you everyone for listening. Um, we are on a fun, fun employment radio. They are in Amsterdam right now. They are at the they are uh, hosts at the Microsoft booth at the international something fancy convention it's like the huge electronics type convention or broadcasters convention over there so they are at the microsoft booth so they are out this week but have best of so it might be a good week for everyone to check in uh and pick an episode they've got lots of good interviews that they're replaying this week um w Kamau bell was one of them so check them out um other than that let's i'm excited to hear um the remix corn song based on the south dakota's new corn ambassador Tariq. it's corn kid tiktok song <laughs> what a time to be alive i really like corn what do you like about corn it's cold a big long it has the juice And it's corn. All right, everybody. Bye. (laughs) That was a fantastic fade out, Mark.